You beat those stamp Nazis with good old-fashioned American complaining. Oh, if it weren't for you, we'd be at the mercy of weekend philatelists. You know, why didn't you just say stamp collector? Because I'm tired of dumbing myself down for you. Live from the Stamp Show here today infotainment complex, this is the award-winning Stamp Show here today. If you can dream it, we can collect it. Brought to you by the Southern Nevada Philatelic Research Center, a nonprofit 501c3 corporation for the advancement of philately. You can support this witless tosh by joining the Stamp Show Year Today community. The cost is only $10 for a lifetime membership. We are an APS-affiliated club. Listen to the end credits for information on joining. This is Cash, just me. A long time ago, many, many millennia ago, all the land masses on the planet Earth were collected onto this big mass called Pangaea. And on this Pangaea, animals walked around and ate each other, fought each other. If you didn't develop a defense mechanism, you were some dinosaur's dinner. While all this was happening, volcanoes created some islands in the ocean. Now, these islands didn't have these predatory animals on them. So you just had a couple floating lizards and birds on them. Well, in particular, one bird. It's called the blue-footed booby. And uh, there are several stamps with the blue-footed booby on it. Anyway, the blue-footed booby got its name for two reasons. One was the color of its feet. The second was that it had no idea of what was going on. If you walked up to a booby and picked it up, it would sort of kind of just look at you and expect you to put it down when you were done with whatever you were picking it up for. The boobies had no worries whatsoever. So who is worrying right now? Well, I'll give you an update on the uh, Swiss NFT stamps. And for those of you who are not aware, um, the Swiss post office sold these souvenir sheets. And then the souvenir sheet had a barcode on it. And you could scan the barcode and it would give you ownership of an NFT. And an NFT is a non-fungible token. Basically what it is is you have the right to ownership of a digital picture. And some two of the souvenir sheets were very rare. One of them, there was only 50 of them issued. So there was one very, very expensive souvenir sheet, and there were a lot of not-so-expensive ones in NFT form, in digital form. And this sort of goes against stamp collecting because selling a digital stamp is sort of like going to a fasting restaurant, ordering food off the menu, and then not getting it because you're fasting. Stamp collectors like stamps. They like holding stamps and mounting them in their albums and stuff. And NFT sort of went against this. Well, over the past year, um, this is an article from Rolling Stone magazine that they looked at. Um, okay, so NFTs come in collections. And a collection can be anywhere from, you know, a certain number of uh, pictures a lot of them were about 5,000 to 10,000 each. 
So they looked at about 70,000 picture catalogs. And of the 70,000, which again is, you know, 7 million pictures, no more than that. My math is off. 95% of them had zero transaction cost to them, meaning they were valueless. Uh, the um, Board Ape Yacht Club, which is probably the most well-known NFT, that's the one where you have the little monkey heads. Justin Bieber got uh, one of the monkeys for one point, and I forget what it is. I believe it's $1.2 million. And today they estimate it's worth about $60,000. Well, the very rare Swiss NFTs were originally selling for $55,000 each. None of them have transactions on record right now. Um, but it looks like they're somewhere around $180. So if you bought one of these for $55,000 today, you've got 180 bucks. So, uh, going back to, uh, the blue footed booby, uh, if you own a NFT, you might be one of these boobies. So I wrote an article for the Kelleher connection. And the Kelleher Connection is a magazine put out by Kelleher Stamp Auctions. And uh, they do a lot of auction reporting. They do a lot of stories. They have a lot of really good content. And, you know, I say that as a contributor because I think my content is pretty good too. Anyway, the, uh, art, the last article I put in, How Scarce Are Very Fine Stamps? And the quick answer is about 3% of nice stamps are very fine. But basically, I went through three collections of very, very nice stamps that I purchased. Those who have listened to the podcast know that I collect uh, the stamps from 1851 or to, well, 1850 to 1859, that decade. And so the 1851 three-cent stamp issue is one of the heavy collecting interests that I have. So I got three groups of them. One of them was from a collector who collected only really, really nice stamps, position pieces and things like that. The second one was a huge group that I purchased from Dave Blacker's. So shout out to Dave in Utah, great, great dealer. Third one I brought from Mark Easter, again, another big dealer. Uh, and all three of these, this is a relatively common stamp. So these collections had nice ones in it. They went through and they picked out just the nice ones. So we're dealing with many, many thousands of stamps that I purchased. And by the way, I purchased them all this year since January. So again, you know, everybody should be aware. I work here at PSE. And we take grading seriously. I mean, when you say it's a very fine stamp, that means that it has a numerical grade of 80. And that's a way of controlling the words by converting them to numbers. Because a person on eBay will say, oh, this is a very fine stamp. And you go, yeah, but it's got a tear in it. 
And you go, yeah, but it's really, really super well-centered. Well, at PSE, we don't look at the centering. We say, this is not very fine. This is a grade 80. It gives a bit more power to the description. So to be a grade 80 on a U.S. number 11, you have to have four clear margins. And they have to be measurably clear. Now, the U.S. number 11, well, I'm going to refer to it as U.S. number 11s, but it actually is number 10, 10A, 11, 11A, and then we'll throw in 26, 26A, and 25, and 25A. But to be a grade 80, you have to see all four frame lines, and they should be clear. There should be, you know, margin above them. So if it touches the frame line, that's technically not very fine. And you can look in the Scott's catalog and see what they classify very fine as. So what we do here at PSE is we look at the measurements, you know, the, we look at the size of the margins and we will determine if it meets the Scott's classification of very fine. Then you have to dip the stamp and check it for faults. Because, again, you have to have really nice margins all around and no faults. So out of the really, really nice number 11s, and again, this was approximately 3,000 stamps. Actually, closer to 3,100 stamps. 300 of them. That's 10% of these really, really nice stamps. Only 10% of them had very fine centering. So then I took these 300 stamps that had very, very nice centering and then had to check for faults. And out of the 300 that met the definition of very fine by the Scott's catalog, only 100 of them were fault-free. So two-thirds of them had little minor little things to them which discounted them and made them not very fine. Now, this is to be expected because the people who were looking for these were buying the very, very nicest looking ones and kind of ignoring the faults. So you would expect for the fault percentage to be higher than normal because this is not a random sample. So now out of the hundred of them, uh, I didn't submit them all to PSE because even though I work here, I still have to pay for them. And I get a discount, but the discount is not so much that I can afford to submit 100 stamps. A certificate on a U.S. number 11 costs $35. So if you get a grade of 80, assert this as grade 80, that stamp is really only worth 35 bucks maybe even 30. You might actually lose $5. So you have to get at least grade 90s and above. And 90 is extra fine. So a grade 90 and above puts it into the range of 75 to $150. Again, for a stamp, the catalog is $15. So 75 to $100, then it's worth submitting. 
So I ended up submitting 52 stamps. Two of them had faults that I missed. Oops, you know, I'm not perfect. 20 of them got a grade of only 80. I was expecting them to get, like I said, 85s, 90s, and above. 17 of them got grade 90s. And there were some 95s, and two got a grade of 98. Now, a grade 98 on a U.S. number 11 sells for, not catalogs for, but sells for about $350 to $450. So those two stamps realistically paid for all the certificates. So, again, this is anecdotal. This is not a random sample. This is beyond a random sample. This is a random sample of really, really nice stamps. And of the random sample of really, really nice stamps, 3% of the stamps were grade 80, very fine stamps. So this kind of draws into the Scott Catalog valuation because... The Scott Catalog valuation is for very fine stamps. If you look up a U.S. number one, and it catalogs $425, that's for a very fine four-margin stamps. Now, realistically today, it's not. Um, the Scott Catalog is way behind times. Uh, a very fine stamp of a U.S. number one is more in the $600 to $1,000 range. But ignoring that right now, the catalog value in Scott's catalog is for a very fine stamp. If it's not very fine, if it's fine to very fine, it is not the catalog value. Generally speaking, it's kind of half. And it drops from that. So, you know, you have fine. Fine is probably only 33%, one-third of Scott's catalog value. So condition has started to matter a whole lot. So if 3% of the stamps are very fine, then the Scott's catalog really only reflects 3% of any given issue. And that's a kind of small amount. So if you have very fine stamps, and again, it's got to be really, really, really well-centered. Look in the Scott's catalog. And then check to see if there are faults. If there are faults, then it's not very fine. But if you have very fine stamps, I would treat them differently than just putting them in a uh, catalog along with all your other stamps. I would put them on something different or I would note them some way. In exhibiting, uh, we put little red borders around the really nice stuff. Maybe in your stamp album, you know, your printed album and then you take a red felt tip pen and you draw you know the border around it you color it red so that it stands out that this is a really really nice stamp because really really nice stamps very fine stamps you're going to start seeing them collected more that's the development of every single hobby over the last 20 years where condition has mattered more than it has mattered in the past as soon as coins started being graded in the 1980s, all of a sudden, everybody started looking at grading. Grading is a normal, normal function. 
it goes back to the 1800s with the Stanley Gibbons. Stanley Gibbons had a grading system where uh, extra fine stamp was worth double or triple of what a very fine stamp was. It's printed in it. Look into Stanley Gibbons. You will see that they do grading. But again, they do it by words. They don't do it by numbers. So uh, in the United States here, generally speaking, extra fine is grade 90. Stanley Gibbons says an extra fine stamp gets this. In the United States, the auction companies will say a grade 90 stamp gets this. Because, again, numbers have more of a power than a word and the word anybody can use. Anybody can call stamp fine. It takes a person who really knows grading to say that that very fine stamp is a grade 80. Well, that's it for today. Keep collecting. We need your help. Nothing on the internet is free, including our phone and internet connections. So you can support the podcast by joining the Stamp Show Here Today Club. The cost is $10 for a lifetime membership. Please include your APS member number as we are an APS-affiliated club. Your support is greatly appreciated. Our brand new spanking address is 5965 Harrison Drive, Suite 6 in Las Vegas, Nevada, 89120. You left out the word glorious. Fabulous. <laughs> because you don't put that on the letter. Oh. Well, you could. You could, yeah. You could, yeah. Well, kids, that's all the time we have for today. I'd like to thank Sideshow Mel, Corporal Punishment, Tina Ballerina, oh, and from Not Landing, Miss Donna Mills. Oh, she was a sport. We've had lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of fun, but now the time has come to go. If this silkcom was found dead in his bed tomorrow, I'd be in heaven still doing this show. See you some other time! <laughs> Stamp collecting happens when we dream together.